0: What seemed like a mundane Monday night football game turned into one with colossal consequences. Hello and welcome everyone to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash betql on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Michael Felder tells us which bowl games we need to bet on right this second. And then at 11 o'clock Eastern time, Rick Camp will tell us how to bet on the NBA in-season tournament. And as I mentioned moments ago, Joe is back. He did not misplace his passport. He did not come down with the silver millipede flu. Joe, are you rested and relaxed?
1: Uh, relaxed, Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm sober yet, even though it's been a couple of days. Huh. <laughs> like, okay. The recovery is, un- <laughs> at this stage in your life, we can all say it. We might not want to admit it. Like, you just can't do that for a few days. You're not supposed to do that to your body anymore. Like, it's going to take a long time. I, Aaron, I need another fast. I need to clean everything <laughs> everything out. That's how I'm feeling. Oh, it's
2: Look, funny you said yeah. that. My girlfriend was like, it takes me like, she's like, I think something's wrong with me. This was just yesterday. It takes me <laughs> three days to recover from drinking. I'm like, I yeah. think that's just getting old. <laughs> it's just age.
1: It takes longer and longer. Like, Jake you're lucky but also in a sense not so much because now we're like yeah it's friday but i'm okay staying in i'm okay not getting hog wild or whatever um but yeah we'll, we'll I'm share, share some stories uh during off the board and <laughs> and jake's back as well so i know he's got some stories i saw some of his pictures and uh but yeah i mean you come back last night and you're right all of that with last night like. The, the number mm-hmm. of takeaways, just top seed, division, are they even going to be a contender? How long is Trevor Lawrence out? And guys, I, I can uh, break it down in a little bit after, after we go over the main stuff, but uh, Survivor blew up again. And guess what? Jacksonville's involved. Happens every year.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. (laughs) Who would have seen that coming? The Jaguars being involved in Survivor. Yes, uh, we will definitely get to that in just a bit. But first, uh, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Went down in the fourth quarter against the Bengals in what was already a hotly contested affair. X-rays are negative. Uh, It is a sprained ankle, but we do not know much more than that as far as the severity of the injury and how long he will be out for. And this matters a great deal because uh, the markets were down uh, for a little while. uh, Saw some number numbers pop back up a little bit this morning, Uh, but definitely the Trevor Lawrence injury is impacting a lot of futures markets, which we will get to uh, in the coming moments and later on in the show, uh, because again, there are lots of consequences as far as that's concerned. As far as the game goes, Bengals were 10 point dogs coming into it with a total of just 40. And the Bengals win outright 34 to 31 in overtime, plus 410 on the money line. Of course, it goes way over that 40 mark. Uh, Jake Browning, 32 of 37, 354 yards and a score. Joe Mixon with a couple of touchdowns. Uh, it was fascinating, too, that I thought the big injury story was going to be Christian Kirk going over mm-hmm. 20 and a half yards, longest reception on his very first grab, a bet that I uh, suggested you guys take. And then he promptly leaves the game with an injury and does not return. So this was a crazy game on so many levels. But Joe, clearly the standout story is Trevor Lawrence and how this impacts, you know, lots of different things in the AFC playoff picture.
1: I almost forgot about the Kirk injury. Like there was so Mm -hmm. much that happened in that second half of that game. Like, oh, oh, yeah, that was minutes into the game. Christian Kirk, a very impactful player. For this offense goes down, uh, and we'll wait and find out who, how long here. Uh, now, the Trevor Lawrence injury, Beathard did look really good. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to go too far with it, and this is a guy that does have some experience, but 9 for 10, 63 yards, set them up for the field goal that ended up uh, forcing overtime there. But there were so many turns in that game where you know it just flips on its head. In, in the aftermath of the Lawrence injury, I'm sure the team was shaken up, like McManus you know fades the field goal to the right 48 yarder how about the penalty that was called a lot of games that's not called for holding on jacksonville on a big play like there were so many things that could have changed uh the the outcome of that game and yeah so i mean that that's the huge question now the division is kind of up for grabs, but kind of not based on what's happened in head-to-head. I think there's a reason that Jacksonville is minus 250 favorite still at this point. But guys, you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence just take away one, two, and three, and the reaction there. What happened to the defense? Like, this was a a unit that people were talking about for a few months where, hey, maybe this is a top 10 group, and Browning steps out there, and his offense— Puts up almost 500 yards, like 6.8 yards per play for the Bengals, 8.2 yards per pass. One of the worst rushing offenses in the NFL all season long. And then the Bengals dominated on the ground. It wasn't just uh, just Mixon. It was also Brown on the ground. 156 rushing yards, 5.0 yards per carry, Aaron.
2: Yeah, the fact that Browning just making his second career start was able to put up 300 yards passing and only four incompletions with 10 minutes remaining in the game, like how do you allow that to happen? Uh, I guess Mike Caldwell will find himself in some hot water this morning. I'm sure <laughs> he's getting a talking to. Not a great day at the office for him. Epic failure. But I think it says a lot more about the Bengals because you think about it. Oh, man, no Joe Burrow. And hey, Browning looked fantastic. So <laughs> I need to write them all down. But all of the starting quarterbacks this week, oh it's God. like, <laughs> Who? Who are these guys? Where, what are we even doing? It's unreal.
0: What? What is it? Four of seven spots uh, currently held by AFC teams to make the playoffs uh, are held by right. teams with backup quarterbacks. Uh, something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it is insane Crazy. what's going on right now. And, and Aaron, yeah, like even if you look at the advanced stats with Jake Browning, like I get his average depth of target was just 3.8 yards. For the most part, they didn't ask him to do very much. It was supposed to be more of a yak game with Jamar Chase and company, but he was still really good with what he asked him to do. And so intermediate passes for Jake Browning, six of six for 94 yards, Uh, completion percentage over expected of 15.3 Passer rating of 115 and a half. I'd call this a good performance by him. But Joe, my question to you is this. Is it sustainable? Is what we saw against the Jaguars defense something that the Bengals can replicate for the rest of the season? Or is it problematic that, okay, yeah, it was a good performance against the Jaguars, but we already had questions about this secondary coming in. Pass rush for Jacksonville was supposed to be fantastic, and they are going to face some really tough defenses going forward. So is what Jake Browning and company did sustainable?
1: yeah I, I think with any backup the the answer most of the time is no that it's not that for a game here or there in in a perfect situation uh things might pop up and and they could you could carry the team for a little bit, but a lot of times things come back down to earth Now we remember in that Baltimore game he looked all right in mm-hmm. a short period of time. And then what happened against Pittsburgh full week to prepare a uh, much tougher opponent. And that's steel Well, not much tougher, but you, you know, when the Steelers defense is preparing for you all week, it's going to be much tougher. Uh, that was a tough spot for them. And then last night, terrific boy, this Jaguars team, they're just awful at home. I don't know what it is. <laughs> they're great on the road. they they've, they're just terrible at home, and I'm not saying that you, you should fade them every time they're home, but man, that was that was not in the cards, I didn't think. I'm not saying Bengals as 10-point dogs winning outright is the most shocking event that we've ever seen, but just what Browning was able to do for an anytime touchdown, he was 10 to one, 12 to one, and he had a rushing touchdown yesterday too. There were so many things that happened. And, you know, it could have been much worse. The Jaguars recovered all three times that they fumbled the football yesterday. True, There are a lot of things where it could have gone uh, the other way. And, by the way, what is going on? Trevor Lawrence can't get a cart. He needs people helping (laughs) him, hobbling him as he hobbles down the long hallway. He is everything to your organization, but we can't get a cart in the state of Florida? What the hell is going on with that? Jeez.
2: Duval County, what are we doing? So I My thought this mom. was interesting. I just saw this per ESPN. Uh, the Bengals produced the most offensive yard since week seven of the 2022 season. I didn't realize it had been that long. I was pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. I guess hats off to Zach Taylor as well for, you know. The, the job that he did
0: of course, and that's just it is is this sustainable going forward? And certainly with this kind of outlier performance against Jacksonville, there is at least room for optimism. But as mm-hmm. I dug more deeply into the numbers, uh that optimism went away very quickly. It, it, last night Uh-oh. in many ways <laughs> like there you can succumb to the recency bias Aaron. you absolutely can, but I look at what the Bengals have going forward. I look at what Jacksonville has going forward, even if Trevor Lawrence is done for the rest of the year, I don't know if it changes all that much. And it's weird to say that because last night was so impactful for all of us emotionally. But what I did was I just assumed, okay, this is going to be a short passing game for the Bengals going forward. And I wanted to look at all these passing defenses that they're going to be going up against and how well they defend passes below 10 air yards. And in terms of defensive success rate, The Colts, who the Bengals play next, they're 11th defending passes below 10 air yards. The Vikings Mm -hmm. are 20th. Then the Steelers are third. The Chiefs are fifth. And the Browns are number one in the NFL. And I would argue for the Bengals to make the playoffs, they need to comfortably go four and one the rest of the way. If they go three and two, too many ways they miss out. Four and one, they're almost Mm -hmm. assuredly in. You really think they can go four and one against these defenses? and no. continual, continually show this backup quarterback that you know he can do this, I don't see it, Joe.
1: Absolutely not. And, and all these defenses that you're mentioning, they've been trending up all season long. In the yeah. beginning, we were doubting Minnesota, and, and they've improved. And Pittsburgh, when healthy, we know that they're terrific. Kansas City pass defense is better than anyone projected. I don't care how high you are in the Chiefs, we're preseason, even uh, holding out hope in season. Much better. And then the last game, let, let's say they're even in the mix and they need that last game. Oh, here's Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, that is a brutal stretch. But that's that was always a big part of the conversation with Cincinnati. When they got off to the poor start, even when Burrow was healthy, it was the remaining schedule is going to be so, so challenging. But I will say, you know, we were talking about all these uh, quarterback injuries. Maybe you're more willing to take the points the Bengals, now that you've seen it mm. from Browning. But as far as the playoff picture, even if you're not buying into those teams hanging on at the bottom of the wild card, no, just because of the schedule, Aaron, I'm not I'm not saying that the Bengals are going to make some sort of a run with Browning.
2: It'll be interesting to see if the Bengals are underdogs in how many of these remaining games, too. Like they might even be yeah. favorite favorites, right?
1: Sure. Could be
0: maybe in a couple of them I I could certainly see that uh being the case and I think that last game against the Browns like what's going to happen with them like are they still going to be in contention because I mean Joe we haven't had a chance to get your thoughts on it but Joe Flacco wasn't bad in that first game like (laughs) the Rams went nuts offensively and and so that's why the outcome was lopsided but I didn't think Joe Flacco looked terrible like it it was kind of funny like any, any man in a Jets uniform looks significantly worse at quarterback, but then you have them go anywhere else, and they're much mm-hmm. improved. And I felt like Joe Flacco was that way. So I could definitely see a situation where the Browns are still vying for a playoff spot in Week 18.
1: Yeah, but didn't you also think that the longer he was out there, the more and more reality set in a little bit? Like, it's Joe Flacco. Oh, sure. And then and then once teams get the tape and they start looking at what he was able to do in that off- on the offense for the coming weeks, um, mm-hmm. where hey, action, you know, a couple holes. couple weeks from now they're going to play Chicago's defense, which has been terrific once they got healthy. They've got the Jets in, coming up in a few weeks. I mean, it's going to be also challenging for them. Um, but yeah man the quarterback plays just so pathetic right now it really is <laughs> like just think about what the statement you just said i'm not saying it's incorrect but like Joe Flacco wasn't the worst in the world <laughs> and he's probably right. not a bottom five quarterback right now because the rest are so awful
2: but he's gonna have a bad game is what i thought yeah. you know yeah he yeah. looked good where was it? Last year, he's gonna have a dud. I mean, if he can't sustain this, I don't think.
0: die nah, that's fair. Like, and that's the thing with backup quarterbacks: it's not so much like what the ceiling is. Can you be consistent? And most of them aren't. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will discuss updated NFL team futures and specifically how this Trevor Lawrence injury impacts everything else in the AFC. That's right here on the BetQL Network.